welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation, so we can grow in our relationship with God. If you could open up your Bibles to 1 Samuel 15, please. 1 Samuel 15. As you know, Pastor Joe, every month, at the end of every, the last Sunday of the month, he rotates the pulpit. And uh, last month we had Dr. J here, not the basketball Dr. J, but Dr. J from Old Bridge, and he taught, so... Uh, he bumped me to this month. So last month, I already knew, which is very unusual for me, to know what I'm speaking on until after I'm done. <laughs> but last month, the Lord put it on my heart for this message today. So what I'm going to do is pick out uh, a few verses in 1 Samuel 15, and I'll read them and point out a couple things. And then we'll go to, uh, I have a PowerPoint I'd like to share with you with what the Lord put on my heart for today. In verse 1 of 1 Samuel 15, it says, Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel. Now Amalek remember, was a a people, but also it's a type of the flesh in the scriptures. So remember that, that Amalek is a type of the flesh. In verse 3, now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. So if you look at Amalek today as a type of the flesh, the Lord wanted the flesh totally destroyed, every part of it. Okay, that's very important to understand in the message for today. In verse 7, and Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. Now, remember in the early passage, he's supposed to wipe them all out. So he heard the word of the Lord, but he didn't obey it. Verse 10. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And then if you jump down to the end of verse 12, Saul went to Carmel and indeed he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone on around, passed by and going down to Gilgal. So here's the king, not only disobeys the word of the Lord, but then he sets up a monument for himself. Hmm. What the flesh likes to do. Huh? What our flesh likes to do. 
Amazing. Verse 16. Then Samuel said to Saul, be quiet. I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, speak on. Verse 17. So Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Just the beginning of verse 20. And Saul said to Samuel, but... Isn't that like the flesh? We always have an excuse. But remember, he disobeyed God's word. And now he's trying to make an excuse for what his flesh did. Down in verse 22, has the Lord, and this zeroes in on the the main topic for today, verse 22. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. One of the things that I'll show you in the PowerPoint are the three things that were just pointed out in verses 22 and 23. Okay, that being rebellion, stubbornness, and rejecting the word of the Lord. Rebellion, stubbornness, and rejecting the word of the Lord. And then finally, all the way down in verse 35, and Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. Remember when I first came to the Lord? Um, some of you might remember the fellow, uh, Bill Bright. He was a pastor, and he came up with the four spiritual laws. And back when I was in college, I was a junior in college, I remember a, a kid on my floor, uh, James, he witnessed to me. He was doing a Bible study. I thought he was just doing his homework, but he was doing a Bible study, and I never heard that before. I never heard Bible study? What do you mean Bible study? So he explained uh, uh, that to me. So um, with what he was sharing with me, it was so eye-opening once he pointed everything to the Lord. But going back to the four spiritual laws, there was a throne in the track of the four spiritual laws. And it really resonated with me because all of us have a throne in our hearts. We all have a throne in our spirit. And somebody, someone, something sits on that throne. Before Christ, we're the king of the throne. We're the king on that throne. Everything revolves around us. But when God sheds his grace and mercy on you, you find out that you need to get out off the throne. And you need to put the right person on that throne, which is none other than Jesus Christ. And when you put Jesus Christ on the throne, everything else falls into place. But when you're on the throne, which the flesh likes to do, 
like the Amalekites. God wants the flesh destroyed to crucify, right? The Bible says to crucify the flesh once a year. Once a lifetime. Every day to crucify the flesh daily. Every day. Because it's always trying to usurp Christ and put yourself back on the throne. Okay, so here we go. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we know it, right? We've read this before. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Now, what happened? How would Satan write Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the devil. Thoughts of unrest, of chaos, of confusion, and not of good. To give you no future and no hope. Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. Talks about the strategy, the tactics of Satan. Talks about his deceit, his trickery. Both spiritually, emotionally, and his physical attacks. Pastor Paul's teaching through Job, right? And the physical attacks that was allowed uh, on Job by Satan. Pastor Joe is almost through the book of Revelation. And what a marvelous study this has been at a, at a key time in 2021 and, and 2020. The devil and his demons strategize. They never sleep. They're always trying to take you down and me down and any child of God down in any way possible. The more ignorance a Christian has, the more success Satan and his team has. The more ignorance that you have pertaining to Jesus Christ and his word, the more success that Satan and his team has. So we saw in 1 Samuel twenty-two twenty-three that Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Rebellion, stubbornness, and rejecting the word of the Lord. In one t- now, practically... We hear the teachings of God's word all the time in this church. Today, I want to give you some things to think about, to really practically think about, to see what's going on, and then how do you deal with the things that you're being shown by the Lord today? So in 1 Timothy 4, 1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. 
Now, Satan has, he is, and will continue to use deception, doubt, subtlety to lead people away from Jesus Christ. Think about that. One day they said there's going to be a great falling away from the faith. Is that you? Is that you guys and girls up there? Is that me? God forbid that we would stay in the faith and faith comes by hearing and hearing television and internet. No. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. So we need to be students of God's word. These demonic doctrines are accepted willingly by humans out of ignorance. They don't know any better or willingly choose to line up their belief system with something that's contrary to the biblical worldview. The result is separation from God and from his blessings. Now, the solution to all this is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here today or listening and you never heard this. Well, we'll get to more towards the end. Be his disciple. Be somebody who is disciplined and following Jesus Christ. Knows his word, puts it into action. Tells others about him. Doesn't just exist. But as someone who is actively pursuing relationships with Christ themselves and relationships with other people. Dive into his word. You can't dive in to a shallow swimming pool. You can't. You don't dive in. You step into it. You don't dive into it. Dive into his word. Get immersed. Get totally soaked Submerge yourself in his word. Listen and do his word. I pray right now that the enemy would just be bound, that he would not be allowed to keep any of you from listening to God's word today. That there be no interference, that there be no distracting thoughts that you could zero in 100% on what God's trying to say to you through his word. Hanging out with like-minded believers. Interacting, fellowship, discussing things, praying, staying sharp, spiritually speaking. And talk to God daily when you're driving, when you're waking up in the middle of the night, when you're going between classes or from one office to another. Whenever, just talk to him. Pray for people that he puts in your path. Now, Satan likes to be incognito. He likes to be stealth. He doesn't want us to know anything about him. Humanism is a religion. Way back, going back in the 50s, maybe even before. It's, it's saturated our world, humanism. Secular, uh, secularism. Pastor Joe's been talking about globalism. 
All this is wrapped up in these, these ideas of secularism and humanism. It's all about the flesh. Stroking the flesh. Taking care of the flesh. Not crucifying it, but letting it loose. In Proverbs 17, 11, it says, An evil man seeks only rebellion. An evil man, woman, teenager, boy, girl, seeks only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger will be sent against him. How can that cruel messenger, what is that cruel messenger? It could be, it could be a sickness. It could be some infirmity. It could be, a, uh, it could be an idea. It could be a situation that you've got yourself into. It could be something that it seems on the surface like it's really, really good. But when you bite into it, it's poison. It looks good on the outside, but when you bite into it, it's poison. So now I want to give you some of the things that are happening in our churches. Not this church. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping us safe, protecting us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Some churches, Christian churches, are allowing Christ alignment readings to come in. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but this is important. As a teacher of 44 years, as a dad, if you're a grandparent, if you have young kids at home, if you're a teacher, these are things that you need to be aware of that are infiltrating our society and they're already here. Now, these Christ alignment readings are basically Christian tarot cards, also known as destiny cards, founded by a non-Christian company. They use the term Christ consciousness. Non-biblical term. Sounds okay, but it's a non-biblical term. The Christ spirit. There is no Christ spirit. There is a Holy Spirit, God himself, the third person of the Trinity. But can you see the subtlety? Can you see the incognito? Sounds okay. It draws your attention. Mystical guru or divine teacher. These are some of the terminologies. Avatar, which is a deity or it's a released soul in bodily form. Witchcraft disguised as a form of new age Christianity. It's important to emphasize that word Christianity. The attraction by people. Remember, God wants to kill the flesh. He wants to raise up the born-again spirit. He wants to build up the spirit of men and women, boys and girls and teenagers. But there's an attraction by all of us to things paranormal. Oh, what's going on? Look, this is amazing. What's going on? Hollywood, we know, the movies just really saturate, right, the, the screen. The progression of a cult in churches in preparation for the tribulation. Pastor Joe has been teaching for over a year now in Revelation. 
And our society worldwide is being set up for the tribulation. And it's going to be a supernatural setup. It's going to be based in Satanism and the occult. Remember, one day, the Antichrist is going to go into the temple that hasn't yet been built, but is ready to be built. They have all the instruments to be put in the temple. And that Antichrist, possessed by Satan himself, is going to go in to the temple during the tribulation at the midway mark and say, worship me, I am God. Satan wants that worship. That's why he was booted out of heaven, right? I'm going to ascend above God. This is an article from a newspaper on March 15, 2020. Why witchcraft is on the rise. The Americans' interest in spellcasting tends to wax as instability rises and trust in establishment ideas plummets. Boy, haven't we seen that, the instability in our world, in our society, the isolation, right, with all the lockdowns. And we know the drug rate, the suicide rate, the loneliness rate, all that has just skyrocketed, whether it's a Christian home or a, or a non-Christian home. This is another article from February 11, 2020 in a newspaper, Something Wicked, The Rise of Modern Witchcraft. And we know in the political realm how the witchcraft name has come through, right? Witches praying for the demise of one candidate. Never saw that before. I've never seen that in my lifetime until the last uh, four to six years. This is a, uh, a book of world religions, cults, and the occult, witchcraft, and the rise of Wicca. Wicca is very popular among teenagers. There's books in the school libraries. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, in Acts 17.11, and this is, this is not only for teen. I hope I'm hoping teenagers hear this because they're really being uh, sucked in and tricked by the enemy. But... Acts 17, 11, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. There is an ignorance among the people in the church. This church, from older people all the way down to young, to knowing and searching the scriptures to see if what's being said from this pulpit what is being said in the media, what is being said on TV is something that lines up or goes against the scriptures. We need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That means we need to get into it. We need to dive into this. Because there is a spirit contrary to the spirit of Christ. And to be lined up with the Spirit of Christ, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. That's got to be desire in each of our hearts. But there is rebellion. There is stubbornness. 
And there is a turning from God's word in the heart of every man, woman, teenager, boy, and girl. And there needs to be a desire by all of us to confess that rebellion, stubbornness, and change our heart, Lords, and our mind that we dive in to your word and become disciples and students of your word. Jesus refers to the devil at least 25 times in the four Gospels. Because some people say, I had the devil. That's a myth. He's not a real person. Why would Jesus refer to him 25 times in the four Gospels? In 2 Corinthians eleven three, But I fear lest somehow, as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Has your mind been corrupted even though you're a born-again Christian? You know, there's Christians, but then Jesus said in his word, you must be born again. So really that term Christian means nothing. It's a, it could just be a Christ consciousness, right? It could just be something, you know, a Christ thinking. But a born-again believer is totally different than a person who thinks they're a Christian. A born-again believer is someone who dives into God's word, is grown in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Who maybe, even now, you might say, well, I really don't spend that much time, but a minute is better than none. A half hour is better than none. Learning to use dead time is important. What do we do during our dead time? This is a, a book, but it's also a question. Is your church new age? Is it emergent? Is it Christian? Is it a mixture of all three? The emergent church is a very liberal thinking church. Very loose translation of God's word. Very liberal doctrine. What kind of church are people going to? Hollywood's indoctrination of our children. But how have we been indoctrinated since we've been little guys and girls? What, has, what spirit have we allowed to infiltrate us? And maybe we still hold on to some of those things because of what we were trained up as little children. It says, train up a child in the way he should go in Proverbs 22, 6. But understand that you're a child of God. God is training you up in the way you should go. Are we listening or are we reject, rejecting his word? Do we have that rebellion? Do we have that stubbornness? I don't need that. I don't need that right now. When you think you don't need it. That's usually right when you need it. Six out of ten Christians hold on to New Age beliefs. Now understand, that's a very heavy statement. New Age beliefs. So what New Age beliefs are you or me holding on to? Because that's not good. We want all that gook out so we can just be filled with the spirit of the living God, right? 
We just want to be filled with his spirit. Now, you might have heard this, the Enneagram, Enneagram. And this is more disturbing than the destiny cards because it's more popular. It has nothing to do with Christianity. The founder was an occultist. He was in a Luciferian organization. And it's nothing based in the Bible. In 2 Timothy 3, 5, it says, Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people turn away. But understand, this is not something you go down to the Asbury Park boardwalk and go into a psychic shop. This is something that's infiltrated in our churches, our youth groups. It's tickling ears. People are going to this. And that's why six out of ten Christians are involved or have some new age in them. God forbid that it's any of us. Right? God forbid. We just want total Holy Spirit. We want total centered in Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Jesus is the author and perfecter of your faith and mine, right? He's the author and perfecter of our faith. Is it a slow process or is it, a, is it happening according to God's timing? Are we slowing it down because of rebellion and stubbornness and rejecting his word? It says, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the one in Jesus' name for the glory of the Father that is changing us from the inside out. In Matthew 16, 3 to 4, and in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you can't discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. You see the sky, you know what kind of day it's going to be. But we're not reading the signs, spiritually speaking, of the times. The Bible is all we need for godliness and and revelation and information. It tells you about relationships, tells you about health and sickness and death and life and finances. Everything is in the scripture. Everything that God wants us to know, he's put in his love letters to you and me. But yet people within the church go in all different places, reading non-Christian books led by a totally different spirit to try to tickle and raise that flesh up that we should be crucifying. Psalm 51.5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, And in sin, my mother conceived me. We're sinners. Born with a sin nature. The sin nature craves the flesh. But God so loved the world that he sent his son 
that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And he sends us his Holy Spirit to change us, to transform us by the renewing of our mind. Our mind needs to be renewed because we're set and locked in fleshly ways. But we're to crucify the flesh and allow the spirit of the living God to infiltrate us, to pickle us, to saturate us. But we need to dive in. We can't just put our feet in. Can't just put our fingers in. We need to jump in totally. Another thing that has crept in to Christians' lives are crystal healings. For, for Here's a, a book, Crystal Healing for Beginners, The Healing Miracle of Crystals for Energy, Protection. Um, I don't know if they have Chris, uh, crystals to help eyesight, but I can't read the rest of that. So... <laughs> It's a billion-dollar industry. There's energy crystals. There's healing stones. There's romance stones. Teens and millennials are diving into this, creating this billion-dollar industry. Celebrities promote it. In Ezekiel twenty-eight thirteen, it says, You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Do you know who that's talking about? Satan. All these stones were part of his covering. But then he rebelled, he was stubborn. He didn't listen. He rejected God's word. He was out. He was off the team. But that doesn't mean he can't use those very things to try to lure people in by what they see in their eyes, through their eyes, what they're hearing, what they're they're experiencing. All these things that I've showed you so far, Open up your heart to the occult. Bible talks about getting rid of the leaven, right? Getting rid of the leaven. Leaven is a type of sin. Getting rid of the leaven in your, in your house, leaven in your heart. It pulls us away from Christ. It desensitizes us. It lays the groundwork again for the Antichrist system. And as the picture shows, we just need to focus in on Jesus and what he's done. Another area is pharmacia, the biblical view of drug use. Uh, This is a particular book by a former addict that has rediscovered what God says about drugs and how to stop using them. But pharmacia, the pharmacia industry, the drug industry. Did you know the word pharmacy comes from the Greek word pharmacia, which translates to witchcraft or sorceries? Pharmacia could also mean poisoning. Here's a, a it's about four year olds, this graph, about getting high, the working age Americans increasingly pivoting towards drug use. And then it shows uh, by the different colors, cannabis, cocaine, amphetamines, ecstasy, prescription stimulants, and prescription 
opioids. And you can see just the growth of everything in 2017. It's even higher now. It's off the charts now. In Ephesians 5.18, it says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Drugs, as we know, put you in an altered state of consciousness. You're not following the lead of the Holy Spirit. You're putting yourself under another spirit. It opens the door to oppression if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Because greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. But it can oppress you. It can hold you down. You're not going to be used as God wants to use you. You're going to be used as the enemy wants to use you. And and if you're a non-believer, it can open up the door to demonic possession. And I believe we're seeing a lot of demonic possession throughout our society today. I believe that we're walking right by demon-possessed people that no longer have a heart for God, that have sold out to the enemy. In Revelation 18.23, Pastor Joe already taught through this, but your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived. Wow. The nations were deceived through your sorceries through your drug use, through that witchcraft, by, by giving yourself to another spirit rather than the Holy Spirit of God. And we know where it all started, right, guys? Girls, back in the garden. We always hear this from this pulpit. Did God really say? That's what Lucifer said to Eve. Did God really say? Yeah, he did. And he said a lot more. And we need to know what God said. Another facet is the entertainment industry. We know there's so many TV shows, movies on witches and wizards and fallen angels. Uh, TV shows like Lucifer, Twilight, Fallen, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, American Horror Story, you know, which has human sacrifice in it. Uh, There was a popular movie series 20 years ago, and the author was thanked by occultists. And a third of her material came from the occult. And, and millions and millions of kids were being exposed to this, the occult, through these popular movies. Uh, hundreds of millions of young people are influenced and conditioned. 32 million children per year are impacted by the occult. Wow. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of different spirits out there. And then technology. Oh, my goodness. I think about the prince of the power of the air and the control he has over the minds of not only young people, but older people. They're addicted to technology and the dopamine. uh, There's studies like when you're watching a computer and the dopamine and what it does to your brain and and you can become addicted, you know, and, and think of young people. This might have been you 10 years ago, five years ago. You know, you're under the covers at night. You don't want anybody here. You don't want your parents to hear who you're talking to or what you're watching. And you just cover up. And it's just a one-on-one with this device. A spiritual device can be used for good. But boy, it can be used for tremendous evil. 
And then just what's happened in our culture. Look at this little guy. Little girls just being given and they're just being sucked in. The prince of the power of the air. That's why it's important as parents and grandparents that you monitor. You know what your kids are watching. You know what they're listening to. You interact with them. You discuss things. You uh, look through everything through the lens of the Bible. Not look at the Bible through the lens of an iPad or an iPhone. 44 years in a public library, I know. I can go back 20, 30 years ago. There was pornography right in our library. You just had to look at some of the ads, you know, in the magazines. In school libraries today, some of the books that are there. My first spell book, Junior Witch's Handbook, The Little Witch's Book of Spells. These are in in public school libraries that your kids or your grandkids are being exposed to. And, you know, you can go into your public school library and check it out. You can complain or you can commend. In Psalm 78.8, it says, And not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Today, how's our heart? How's our spirit? Is it being faithful to God? Are you a Christian in name only? Are you a, are, is that your lifestyle? Have you been duped by the enemy, believing that you're a Christian, but yet there's no fruit, there's no evidence? Or can you say, oh, yeah, I'm right on with the God. He leads me by his Holy Spirit. You know, we have some great time together one-on-one. In Psalm 81, 12, it says, so I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsel. You know, one day God will just say to every individual that he's been trying to reach, done. We're done here. Now, you can argue with God if you must. You can reject his word if you will. But remember, God will have the last word. He's God. Where are we in our rebellious, stubborn nature? What are we holding on to that we need to just put at the foot of the cross? Jesus said that the words which I have spoken to you are spirit and our life. Why are we being so stubborn and rebellious when all he wants to do is lead us by his Holy Spirit and give us an abundant life? You and I, in closing, you and I are like, should be, like watchmen on the wall. We're paying attention. This is from Isaiah 21.8. He calls out like a lion, my Lord, I stand on the watchtower all day long and I, I stay at my post all night. I'm praying for you, Sal, Mark and Linda. I'm praying for Bob, Roberta. I'm watching them. I'm, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for Audrey who's praying right now for people in front of her. I'm praying for the person next to me who's a stranger. That God's word just penetrates their heart. That they're just set on fire and ignited by the living God. And not persuaded and transformed by the culture. And molded into the world culture. but Molded into an image of the living God. Made into his image. The Bible tells us about relationships. 
It tells us about genders. It tells us about everything we need to know. Do we use it as our life book, as our book of truth? Are we confused? Are we going through chaos? And finally, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And it's a light unto my path from Psalm 119, 105. Now, you might be like this man in this picture right now. You might not have come to the cross yet. You might be still on your journey, being led by God's Holy Spirit to come to the foot of the cross. You might have already been at the cross, and now you're having a great adventure with the Lord as he's bringing you into his promises and as you grow in the grace and knowledge of him. Rebellion. Stubbornness. Do you know anybody stubborn in your life? Yeah, we all do. We probably know somebody's stubborn when you get up in the mirror or in the morning and look in the mirror, right? Rebellious. You ever been rebellious? What a silly question. We've all been rebellious. We can identify with rebellion and stubbornness. Have we ever rejected God's word? Have we ever not thought about it to go do our thing? Absolutely. We all have. But the living God, who's a loving God, and who's a life-giving God, gives us so many chances. So what is he saying to you and to me today? You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to www.cccrossfields.org, where you can also watch or listen to previous messages. If you have any questions or have a prayer request, please email us at contact at cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless.